figured out some stuff i think i don't know maybe i didn't this is all new i'm figuring out as i go so this is episode number four and i am here alone in my room but this is not going to be a solo nathaniel uh episode uh i got to go to the well last night on friday night and record Uh, I say last night, but I'm probably going to still put this out tomorrow on Sunday. So on Friday night, I got to go to the well and record uh, with Patrick briefly. He had to cut out. Um, He has he has a little kid. He has a one year old. He had to do stuff. And um, Nat Fitzgerald from Spaceships uh, was there and talked with me. And, you know, we both like to talk. So I I really thought we were going to keep it down to a tight 40 and an hour and almost an hour and a half later it wasn't that so um this is a long one uh i'm going to just uh intro the words are hard uh i'm just kind of introing this and then i'm gonna kick it to the interview and then i'll come back in a little bit at the end all right and welcome back to loon the pod, the pod, a uh, podcast created uh, on the foundation of a band, uh, recorded by people in bands, and famously still without any theme music. Because I, I'm gonna be real, I I still don't technically know how to record almost anything, and I'm just making this all up as like, I go. I could just like scat something underneath. <laughs> well, I think. Um, no, I don't want Seinfeld. I'd, I'd want I'd want only corn, like because I'm a you know I'm a '90s kid, so I would only want. So I think each episode you could just play the previous week's recording and then let the new people oh. just add their own ad yes. lib over the top. Of <laughs> there you go. Like uh, um, what was spanning the... space and time collaborative scat theme like, song? Like like Mouth Council stretched Ooh, over um, several yeah. weeks. Uh, what was that? What was that band? What was that band that got really big right before I? left hot topic sound of animals fighting oh that was famously all dudes and masks that were mysteriously in other bands and i think they was that their deal yeah the first the first one i the i never i never googled it back in the day to find out i always confuse them with some other band i don't remember I can't like I can't remember what's the other band at any time. But they it was it always seemed interesting because it was all guys that were in touring bands. And of course, so, right. So they couldn't like ever, the mummies. Like here come the mummies. Yeah. So like <laughs> they couldn't ever be in the same place at the same time. So right. the first, at least the first record was recorded in, just like the one guy headed up the project, and then like whoever was in town would just roll in and kind of like yeah, there you go, add stuff to the three or four songs that were on the first EP, and like that always seemed interesting to me. I, it reminded me of of like your living room sessions, uh-huh. kind, but like kind of like drawn out into a more 
where, where you're chewing on it a little bit more than what what those living room sessions were. Um, anyways, I haven't I I have did it. I've just a I'm shit just here. job of actually introducing. I've just been here. I'm my my name We've is always been here. My name is Nathaniel South. Uh. Uh, and I got a Nat Fitzgerald here. Also, my name is also Nathaniel. Uh, from Spaceships and... And Loon. Patrick's here. Someday. <laughs> At some point in the space-time continuum. You've played a Loon. show. I've played, I played two shows. Yeah. <laughs> there was the, the collab set, the combined Loon dad joke set that we did, because uh-huh. most of Loon is in dad jokes anyway, mm-hmm. and then... There's two-thirds, also famously two-thirds. Two-thirds of Loon. <laughs> Three-thirds of Loon could have been, but one-third of Loon yeah, you went, to one, a practice one went, went to one practice, got yeah. very nervous, felt like he shouldn't be there, and, and was like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Can, can only play those chords in those one direction chords. down, not up also. <laughs> Can't do and no it was chord the up upstairs. that was the real sticking point. Uh, like, and then there was the, the festival. <laughs> when I booked a Rebel Art Fest one time, when Brett was getting married, mm-hmm. and so I knew that you wouldn't have a bassist that day. <laughs> so I said, hey, Strategy is y'all want to y'all want to play a set? I know Brett's out of town. That's why Spaceships <laughs> isn't playing, but I'll play bass for you. It was a good set too. It was man. fun. It was I, a lot of fun. I, uh, we, you know, I always I always think that Loon is just like. I just always flippantly, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, anyone can jump in and play. I have, I have, <laughs> and I, it comes up all the time, and it will. And you, dear listener, are just gonna have to deal with me constantly bringing up the fact that I don't think I'm very good at this thing that I've devoted all of my life to doing. <laughs> uh, and and if you can't do something well, do it for a long time. And, and, yeah, exactly. And it, and it helps that the I'm quantity, looking. I'm literally. We're down here in the basement at the well, and I'm looking across at a bill that says Analecta, the Rutabaga, and Ryan Kerr, and I'm I'm immediately like, yeah, you know, like real musicians, like over there, like <laughs> those guys, they're all real good. You should listen to all those. <laughs> there are a whole lot of the bands on here yeah. on this wall we should uh, all listen to. Man, I but. I um I, I I don't think we talked very much last time about the well specifically, but. The few times during the pandemic that I've gotten to come here and and do stuff, we we re- we recorded yeah. the, um, the theme music for I don't speak German here. We did, um, I think we did s- the my guitars here for at least my guitars. Maybe no, or maybe it was my vocals down here for um, three dollar pints. I can't remember. I think we did your guitar here too. Yeah, I, I think we did. Yeah, and uh, I. I, for those of you who aren't local, because you know this is going out into the world, into and the I, ne- ether. I and I never know who you know. But the here in South Bend, Patrick and and his wife Mandy are both very integral to a place called the Well, which is a community coffee shop, and um, their church is here, and um, it's my favorite place mm-hmm. in South Bend to play music. I am not disparaging any of the other places that you can play music uh because the only one that i would is closed down now so i don't even need <laughs> need to it disparaged itself uh, yeah um disparaged itself right out of a liquor license smiths i'm talking about you um <laughs> the, the, the um i it's it, it, the people involved with the well and, and patrick and mandy very much so yeah. themselves have really created a, a very special place that I I get very emotional when I think about this place and mm-hmm. and and how much it has meant to me in my evolution as a human being, 
which is even more important than my evolution as a musician and a part of the the south bend music community like i i love this place and so we got to record the first episode here and and upstairs and now we're down in the basement which is you know no offense well upstairs but like the basement is my <laughs> my favorite favorite spot in this it's just place. a little bit wetter than upstairs yeah it's, it's a whole lot more orange it's like it's like a it's like a a punk club that you aren't scared you're gonna get stabbed in yeah but nathaniel south have you ever been to a youth group basement Yes, I, yeah. <laughs> that hey, is so. I'm giving you this look across the room because there's things that we won't speak about in recorded media yet, but there are secrets about the well that you don't know that two of the other people in the room do know. Yes. Oh. So maybe good. we'll talk about that okay. after, dear listeners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I hope in it's the room. I hope it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. and for my part, like the well was host of the very first spaceship show, and a number of number of i mean i'm looking at this wall i think i counted one time it yeah, was I like at least spaceships is up there more than any other band i think yeah I it's think like so. maybe i i thought i maybe counted around 20 or more um but uh like our last i think our last we did a a live stream that was just right here because the place it wasn't supposed to be here but the guy stopped returning my texts <laughs> Um, so I just called up Pat and he goes, "Oh yeah, no problem." I think that's a that's a good segue uh, into um, so the whole the whole beginning premise of this of this podcast yes. was um, that this this year is marks a ten years of uh, anniversary of "Don't Give Up the Ship," yeah. which which still makes me feel weird, uh, and. Uh, you know, Nat, I have, I, we, I, I remember, and I think I, I talked about it in the very first episode when you came up, like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw spaceships and, and yeah. spaceships wasn't there at the beginning of Loon, but has no. been so much about, yeah. Uh, so like, uh, I guess I'll start where I started with like the, do you remember the first time that you, or maybe, maybe even better would be the first time that you remember meeting me when, and we can then segue into, <laughs> yeah. into Loon. So I we go way far, we go farther back than ten years. There was there was probably a gap there where we weren't. Uh, I think we've only been friend probably friends like the last seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I was a young high school kid going to the hot topic, you were the store manager of that hot topic. Or I, you might not have even been manager yet. I, were... I don't know. I, I started out as a seasonal help. Sure. And then I and then I very quickly weaseled into being a key holder, which yeah. in retail speak means that you're not quite a manager, but you're you're you you're got... better than a a, yeah. a, a part timer. Yeah. And then uh, and then I became an assistant manager. Yeah. And um my girlfriend at the time actually knew who you were because you both went to the the same small christian school <laughs> who were who were you was who i can't remember who are you uh her name is i can talk to you later oh about yeah i'm oh, sorry I'm, no sorry, it's fine. People. It's just i like, just got real like oh really like because because i felt the name <laughs> forming in my mouth and went is been about 12 years since I've spoken these consonants together. And I am fine. This is where a podcast doesn't do justice. Cause then I wish you could have seen my face, seeing the look on Nat's face when I went, Oh yeah, that was probably an inappropriate. Like, 
but she was like oh yeah that guy nathaniel who works at hot topic like yeah like he like once he graduated like he got those plugs like right away you can't have <laughs> plugs at elkhart baptist and um, i i mostly remember for a while it was just like i would go there to check out when i would go to check music i would like check your like staff recommendation card <laughs> just to make sure like all right like the stuff I'm already listening to is in here, right? Yeah, it's in here. <laughs> and then, so cool. like it was sort of like my like this guy's got his finger on the pulse. And so if he's listening to the same stuff I'm listening to, then of course, like if there is anything in there that I wasn't already listening to, I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it. But I was just validating, <laughs> just used it to validate myself. But the most um, the most clear memory I have of you at hot topic was I was in there with my family and my stepdad said something about the rolling stones and you go, Oh yeah, the rolling stones, or as I have always called them, we weren't the Beatles. And that comment kept me from listening to the rolling stones until like five years ago. <laughs> you know, and, I was like, Oh yeah, the rolling stones, they were just derivative of the Beatles. And then Which I listened is, to them I'm like, wait, no, they weren't. No, 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 <laughs> no, they weren't. No. And, and if uh, if uh, if any, if you'd cared to ask at the time, I'm sure I would have gone into a three hour diatribe of how I'm not yeah. saying that they're derivative. They're right. just not the British band you should care about. <laughs> uh, they, and I, you know, which that band is the Kinks. <laughs> the British band y'all should care about is they, the Kinks. The the Kinks are probably the any. The, we all, they were the we, best of the they, British. They invasion. were they were probably the least. Yeah, the, the most underrated. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they got the, blacklisted very quickly. Yeah, and then they were nobody the, heard from them again. Till they were the most Lola. dangerous until Sabbath. Yeah, and then Sabbath. Everyone stopped caring. Yeah, I mean Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Led Zeppelin gets to be Led Zeppelin, right? For for all of the correct reasons, right? But which. But the real, the real grimy, scary, yeah, 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 like the thing that just frightened parents instantly was when, Absolute was when out. Tony Iommi like d- decided to to down tune that that to SG drop D. and just you know, yeah. you know, it's just it's frightening. Like, you know, I I, I always tell people I'm like it, it, it's a fun mental thing to do with any art, yeah, to put yourself not in the current context of it, but to try and make yourself think about yeah, in context when it came out and, and black Sabbath was always one of those bands that man, I was like, I wish I could go back and be in a room of people turning on a British radio station and hearing iron man for yeah. the first time mm-hmm. and how that must've just been like, instantaneously before people knew what metal was right you would instantaneously know that there are metal people and not metal people because that song would just instantly divide a room i'm guessing into people who are like oh what's this this is the only kind of thing i want to listen to now i I just and then understandably other there those people are still there also about black sabbath still yeah uh And I mean any any band that eventually leads to a band called Bong Ripper. Right. Come on. That's right. just that's great, you know? Like Yeah. Anyways, um yeah. so then Yeah. Then eventually so along the, Yeah, it was hot topic yeah. and and uh, eventually I started a band. So then like what's the first time that you interacted with Loon? The fir- actually the first time I remember anything about Loon, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody mentioned uh, 
they meant they said loon and i was like what is that and it was i was in college i was probably a freshman or sophomore in college so it was oh six oh seven um i remember my desk i think it was oh six spring of oh six and um they mentioned, oh, yeah, you know Loon, right? I'm like, what's that? I was like, oh, you know Nathaniel from Hot Topic. It's his band. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah cool. And so I, like, hopped on MySpace and, like, listened to the thing. And it was, like, <laughs> I think it was maybe – it was, like, the first couple tracks that you put up there. So I think okay, it was just yeah. you and a you and your guitar. And I think – do you have a cello player yeah, then? Yeah. Right. And so I Josh remember Mert. that. And I – was it Josh Miller? Mert. Or Josh Mert. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But so I was like, all right, this is cool. Like, this isn't what I was expecting from him at all. Because, like, you know, you were, like, the the big Hot Topic guy, like, yep. you know, and all your hardcore regalia. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was like, okay, this is cool, though. Oh, I think what happened was because I was also getting out of a post-hardcore band and, like, doing acoustic stuff. And somebody was like, oh, like, like Loon. And it's like, oh, no, okay. But so I, so I, like, sort of kept it on the back burner. I didn't totally, like... um follow it because i was i was in and out of the music scene in those days um and then uh moved back i moved to chicago to do music i guess <laughs> which is a weird time in my life um ended up just working a whole lot because uh, it's an expensive city to yeah, live in yeah and then moved back here and was you know trying to trying to make music happen and then you know still like working and stuff but then when I like, so I like finished a record when I got home from Chicago, finished an album and released it. Pat's on that record. He played <laughs> drums on three tracks, two tracks. Something like that. Something. I have no idea. We went over to his I basement one day. day. It was my parents' house. Yeah. yeah. Went over to your parents' basement to record drums. Um, and so like recorded that, finished that like in that was the record I was working on, like mostly th- all through college. I think I started it like in sophomore year or something. Um, I worked really slow in those days. Uh, and then I spent the next several years, uh, I got a job at my church, which kept me like really busy on weekends. And so I couldn't go out and do stuff, but I was in the office a lot without like, um, active work time (laughs) so i had my gear and i'm like i might as well just record and so like i spent the next few years recording what then became the first spaceships record um and then when that happened i was leaving that church to start another one and like was really like all right i gotta actually play these songs i actually have to like get out in the music scene and the second show that we ever played was at generic at the st patrick's day show who knows yeah we had old generic you know yeah it was no it was the it was the new generic it was the first show at new generic i think because the heat wasn't on yet okay yeah was the heat ever on at the new well sometimes it's just warm outs (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'm i'm remembering though like there were some times that i played some some shows because i remember playing some shows with analecta was me and like an ipad or an iPod, and it was just, like, mm. playing the tracks off. Okay, yep. Um, but I was like, okay, I got to get this band, some people together to help play these songs, because I played, like, I felt like four song, four shows in three years or something like that. And so put a band together, and then when we got booked for this sh- set, like, Von Strantz was playing, and were they still uh, the rendition then? 
They might have still been the rendition. I think they were Von Strands because I remember like all the strings that they had. Um, and then there's some other bands that I hadn't heard of before. And then Loon was on the show, and I thought, oh, Loon's still a thing. Okay, like I remember, which which is uh, still a common still how people feel uh, still about a Loon. Common thing when people come to shows and see loons on it oh loon is still still it's an institution now it's like the rutabaga (laughs) like the first time that i saw the rutabaga once in high school and then i like got to know them it's uh it's on youtube this was Ah. posted in 2013 so i don't know if that was was that i don't know if this is the right one but oh this is st patrick's day 2013 yeah yeah yeah. was was that us yeah okay then ben i think that's ben's video yeah, ben had the yeah. first few shows filmed that he posted them later yep, independently, um, which is kind of embarrassing to put up because because that was also that was our first show as a three piece. The f- show before that, which was the, our first show at the well, was Ben on drums because Wes, who was playing drums, couldn't make it. <laughs> and so it was just me on guitar and him on drums. And then we did the three piece show. And that was our first time, like everybody at their instruments and um, ben is not a bassist, which is why he doesn't play bass in spaceships anymore. But it took some time for him to get used to playing bass, and he was not used to in that video. <laughs> but, um, but so, so I rem- I was thinking like Loon, like okay, like you know the guy with the acoustic guitar and the cello and whatever. And then it was just like y'all had the amps turned all the way up, and you were just playing these real simple songs loud, and I was like this is it man this is great <laughs> this is awesome it is and then like from there it's just been like all right loon like of the bands happening in south bend like loon is just one of the ones i am interested in um i, I in that very I, it's very nice hearing nice things uh <laughs> it's still hard i take i'm so midwestern it's so hard for me to take compliment uh it 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 is one of the things that I am devilishly always proud of Loon. We've almost always live been a three piece. We we have on occasion for like album release shows and stuff, yeah. kind of like branched out and added a fourth person to do keys or something. Like we we've mm-hmm. we've we've tried to because on on record we do a lot more stuff. Yeah. But live it's always been a very punk rock ethic yeah. of of we're a three piece. And sometimes a two piece. Yeah. yeah, we've done some two piece. <laughs> we've done some two. We, One we time a, an eight piece. We, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was. Or more? Was it was, eight? Who knows? <laughs> oh, um, it might have been more because I think more. we had Sko and Jesse that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had two yep. trumpet players. Um, and Passing and, of the guard. And we, we, we always, we always get that, that, con- you almost always somebody mentions in passing. Uh, maybe not so much these days because we just because yeah. we have been around now forever. Yeah. But in those early days, man, at, at least one person would be like, "You guys are fucking loud," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> yeah, I remember that being a thing because um, when spaceships then started, because Analecta had been doing for a while, and like y'all had the people with the decibel meters coming out yeah. to your shows and stuff, and um. Like we had a bit of that because it was just like me in a room by myself for so long. And then once we like actually like got together and then like could turn up, it was like, all right, let's 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 see how we can how loud we can make this. Let's it's a loud, loud thing. This. Let's do the noisy thing. Right. Yeah. There, I, I we all we I know for a fact we all love a lot of different kinds of music yeah. and 
there is so much wonderful stuff that can be done with with uh dynamics and getting soft and getting you know <laughs> like there there is something yeah. like that but but as as somebody who has made it his life's mission to be one of those preachers of rock and roll right i do always lean back on all that that is all cool and i love all of that and i do all of that but there is something about rock and roll that is right. fucking four on the floor yeah and just punishingly loud and it it feels different and on those on those rare nights and and all the shows are fun but there are there are special shows yeah there have been a, a couple down here um we got one on on tape that's on the the well thing that's a really good really good show that 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 first show at bob vila's uh punk rock house in fort wayne there are there are these special shows that i can think of where where it's loud and like you know the the hometown crowds are fun because it's loud and everyone's being loud with you right and then like the out of town one was fun because it's loud and you can watch the whole crowd kind of just being like oh this is okay like like (laughs) this is cool like yeah and that's i don't know as a musician as a rock and roll musician like there's there's just i i i'm getting as patrick knows because i bug him constantly i'm (laughs) i'm i'm starting to try and teach myself personally at home to do better demos and start yeah kind of doing some of the tactile yeah recording stuff and um in that because of that i've been reading and watching a lot of videos and like so much that i'm relearning about amps you know the uh, the world that you you yeah. and i specifically yep. Nat, live in in and and relearning and unlearning things is like the reason i love my five water that i have now is because i can get loud quote unquote but yeah. not get loud and right. and that so much of what we think of if it, you know like it, it's like on my 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 35 water like until i figure out how to soundproof a box to be able to turn it up the stuff that you you want the stuff that you actually want to feel right until you get up past like five or six the headspace of the amp yeah you you can't you gotta you gotta crank those things up which is where everybody everybody makes the mistake of thinking that like wattage and loudness are the same thing which like there's some relationship obviously like a louder wattage amp can get louder but like there is some so like spaceships i i stay still consider now like we are we are loud we are a loud band and i use i have a 12 watt and a 15 watt amp that i use stereo because and there has been a couple times where i've like borrowed a like an ac30 instead of my ace because i didn't have my ac15 and i'm just like i don't I don't like this as much. It's too clean. It's too clean because it's because got you can't get too it. much more. It's got yeah. so much more headroom that I can't get it to sound dirty like I want it to mm-hmm. until without getting very, very yeah, high it starts up. starts to get painful before yeah. it sounds great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where like my little 12 watt Gibson Falcon, it's like that thing just like turned up all the way. Sounds sounds gnarly. Yeah. Sounds great. The um, I mean, Patrick has has gotten a front row seat of watching me <laughs> discover relearn and, and and like tear down like well com- specifically completely tear down my oh, yeah, my yeah, guitar yeah. rig yep. and like start over like i'm on my third guitar like full yeah. on like when we started i was playing an epiphone les paul that i had that was the 
electric guitar I bought. Yeah, when that I was, was the ni- that was the one where I I saw you. Yeah, I, you were playing that one. I saw you. Yeah, with a with a Fender Bandmaster sixty uh, six, and that that's a cool amp. But for me personally, what I've learned is that that all that old Fender stuff it stays clean forever. Yeah. Like and I and I I like a I like a a, a darker side. I have right. A, I just I just recently like my my new iteration is I'm I'm now I've switched to Tellys, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm into that single coil life. Right. And which which and I guess this is kind of I I had no real plans for this, but this is now turned into <laughs> nerd podcast. nerd guitar podcast. Nerd guitar podcast. Um. I, because and it fits right like if you listen to loon like once i started playing tellies like something really clicked where i was like oh this is where i should have been yeah like from the beginning like yeah like this 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 fits and so, yeah and so i had i went through a very similar renaissance when i um started playing electric again so i started playing uh guitar when i was like 16 15 maybe and i had like a Epiphone Les Paul that I bought at Hoosier Dad's. Okay. And um, like my dad had previously bought me a PV Renown amp when I was playing bass. He often would just like surprise you with something without consulting you about anything at all. (laughs) But so I just like used that amp for many years. And so like my high school band was just, I turned I just dimed every setting on there and then just like use the post as the level control. When I was in high school, before I knew anything about anything, I bought a Randall like solid state bass amp, bass yeah. head and bass yeah. cab because I didn't know any better. It was, uh, it was, you guys would have loved it. It was like this, not, it was a two fifteen cab. Oh man! Uh, and it was a gray carpet. The whole, like the head and the cab, were were a gray carpet. Yeah. And yeah. that thing was it was two hundred watts. It was so loud. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, like it it it's um it's it's interesting. Uh. How how you know you just I I tell people all the time I'm like I I know this for sure. You don't know. You don't have really any opinions when you start playing an instrument, no. and if you re- if it really becomes your life, by the time you get ten to now, I'm in like twenty years into it. You then like, <laughs> just the other day, I was looking at a Gretsch that was on yeah. on sale somewhere, and I was like, oh, you know what? I've never I've never owned a Gretsch Electric. They've always seemed like fun, but now I've been playing for so long and have so many opinions that I immediately went, wait a second. It's a, it's a it's neck a through. Ball. It's a yeah. neck, it's a neck through. Yeah. I like bolt-ons. It's yeah. got a, it's got a gloss neck. I've never liked gloss neck. <laughs> like, like literally I, I now instantly talk myself out of most things. Cause I'm so like, yeah, very particular yeah. that I just, right. I wouldn't actually really like that. I, yeah. it, it looks pretty, but I don't, I don't want yeah. it. So I, I went from there and like, I, again, like most, like, did the acoustic singer songwriter thing through college um started playing electric again when i got the a job at that church um and i started like putting this pedal board together because at first i was just using like the little boss multi-effect unit thing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i started putting oh, oh, real real quick if you if you get a chance do you watch any of the jhs like josh's yeah. video yeah 
uh, he and Patrick and I email or talk constantly about how he's kind of become our hero because he so beautifully and aggressively goes after all of the bullshit that yep. we all worship at. And he, I don't know yep. if he used that specific one, but he's had a couple different times where he's like brought out multi effects and been yeah. like, nope, this is probably going to be terrible. And then like plays cool stuff and he's like, well, I, it just sounds good, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you, <laughs> I, he did one with the Zoom 404, yeah. I think, and he yeah. was just like, <laughs> I tried. I tried to do that with the ME50, and I was like, this is all the distortion tones, <laughs> the distortion modelers on it is awful. But so I started putting all this. Um, I actually I bought a Jaguar because like it's cool. You're supposed to buy a Jaguar, I guess. Like that's what all the cool kids are playing. <laughs> and then I like started putting all these pedals together, and like it was maybe a year or two into like putting my rig together that I was like, Oh, I should think about an amplifier. Like I was still just putting it through like the same, like crappy PV solid state thing. Um, and now it's like, you know, I, I thought I was like a solid state Gibson guy and there's like, Oh no, like I am fenders and tube amps. Like that's like where I live. <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, that's the one, that's the one that like, I've listened to to so many videos and played on so many things yeah. and had some cool solid state stuff. And I know that it's all like, I, I'm to the point now where I'm at least like an honest, like, like person in that. I'm like, I know this is in my head. I know it. <laughs> right. I know everyone yeah, you can find a every, solid state. Everyone keeps proving really it. Good. You, everybody proves it time and time again that I don't need to have these tubes in this right. amp. Right. But I do, guys. I don't yeah. know what to, I just I do. I personally need those tubes to be back there in that <laughs> amp. I just like it more. Yeah. I just do. We had that beautiful golden period of time where Korg was putting little orange lights in all their sense and stuff to make it look like their tubes were going. They put tubes in them, but then they wouldn't actually power them enough yeah. to really do any sort of thing. Yeah. I, I think it was you. It's in the, uh, that, uh, the keyboard was, that we both have has that yeah, the SV1 little tube. And has that was the one. Has a little tube that, that was just the one, lights up. Little that, orange lights behind it. That yeah. was the one that Patrick, Patrick started me on my having to have some real hard conversations with myself. <laughs> because at one point... Point, I was like, I was getting, I was getting going down the road of wanting to like get old tube screamers. And there's, oh, yeah. there's mods you can look up where you can attach a little like yeah. 12AX7 to them. Oh, and, yeah. And I, Patrick's like, yeah. Patrick had to very gently be like, you know, that it doesn't do anything. Like the electricity doesn't get up high enough to make that tube do anything. Right? Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't. He's yeah. Like, no, man. I, <laughs> I bought this like $35 like phono buffer. It's not even like a phono amp and like a preamp I, it's like thing, a, it's yeah. yeah, it's sort of like a preamp thing. Like you plug your, it's goes between the record player and your right. stereo yeah, receiver. Yeah, yeah. And I have since like graduated to a like big, like 16 band EQ, but I still have the thing just on my, on my shelf. Cause I'm like, <laughs> it's got, it's got tubes on it. Look at, look, it's got tubes. I was looking at it the other day thinking, I should figure out a way to plug this in so it lights up. I um, <laughs> I and um, you probably we've got you're probably close to, good. okay. I I constantly one of my many one of my little mini crusades is um, I I and I was just telling some guys at work this the other day. I'm like I I need people to understand that guitar players specifically because I I I don't feel comfortable throwing bass players or or keyboard players or drummers under the bus. Oh, I will throw the bass players under the bus. <laughs> but oh. Brett, but, you out there? I see you. <laughs> but I will say this. I know I'm like I do know my people, and I will say this. 
the the greatest trick guitar players ever pulled on the world was convincing everyone that that they're cool that the rock and roll <laughs> guitar player is is cool and i'm like it's not that music isn't oh, cool no. but but in our in it's, our bones yeah, yeah, guitar yeah. players are nerds we're nerds right like you like just now we've proved and it. the we we were talking about one thing we got right. on, we got sidetrack on gear and then two guitar players could not help but right. then for the next and 10 minutes talk about gear the <laughs> the primary example of that of course which is worth bringing up because it's the album is 30 years old as of yesterday but kevin shields from my bloody valentine mm -hmm. who like is the just the most like the geekiest most non-threatening person i mean <laughs> that he, you and then like but like you put him behind like a thousand effects pedals with 12 amplifiers that he runs at the same time well, that's the loudest show i've been to in my life even uh even look at the guy even the ones like, that yeah. had a persona of oh, cool yeah. like like i tell people all the time i'm like take a uh, eddie van halen who like van halen or not yeah. i have i have very strong opinions that are not great about that band they're not my favorite but like they had for that time that they were big they had a lot of swagger they yeah, had a like yeah, yeah. like like people the tights them, and the perms and, and the they were they were sex spray. symbols and they were sexy and they were cool i'm like he was a nerds nerd yeah he was in a shop when they weren't on tour yeah like like grinding out guitar bodies and like like rewiring and rewinding right. pickups himself because he was that much of a nerd yeah <laughs> like, or like yeah just nerdiest nerd nerds like I, you know i i i was just emailing a guy that that, that owns a, a pickup company about like wiring schematics like we're nerds like yeah. i don't even know it's yeah and, and i and i say that too like um uh i there's a humanity that i want to bring back to everything and i think it's the punk rock in me that you know at at its best punk rock is 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 a few really great things and one of them is that idea that art is for everyone and everyone is art that no yeah that there is no there's no boundary there's no buffer the lay, between the yeah. lay person and the artist that all it all it all it is a little bit is a desire to make art like like kind of part of the the yeah. the like if you're willing to pick up an instrument and slam out some noise like right. that that's the important part yeah and and i think that that um I have at times flirted with wanting to be more than that. And, and I think that there is always that, that, um, uh, unhealthy pull in, in, sure. in, in any person. Like it's a very human thing to the want to be pulled the ambition towards excellence. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, excellence is fine, but that, right. but that kind of like, that anarchist punk in me is like, no, now, now I want to keep bringing myself back down. Right. To you, but we are all the, the same that there is, yeah. There's not a difference, you know, and and to me, like when you when you look at like a an anti flag that's been around forever, or like a a, a a rage against the machine, like there's there's these bands that are so very good at what they do, but like the thing that makes me talk about them so much now is not only are they good at what they do, but like they have always had baked into them that like human thing of like we're all yeah we are all a Just part of this like thing. we are all a part of this very thing i, I don't know man it's yeah. it's what makes me um it's what makes me keep wanting to like make rock and roll is 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 i is i i think it i still think even in 2021 it's important and has some important things to do of course, and say. Yeah. Of course. i think i think it was uh saint derek that said <laughs> 
get yourself a guitar, mm-hmm. learn a couple chords. There's hurting people everywhere that needs spoken up for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He and and that that it's been so special getting to watch that dude mm-hmm. evolve and grow and how I've, I loved his music from the get go and it, and Oh, he and played that show. He played the same yeah, show. Yeah. 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 He, it was home. Uh, homeless gospel choir also was at the St. Patrick's day show. Yeah. I, I, we, so. we, I, we all are lucky enough to have played yeah. with homeless gospel like a bunch of times. Yeah. Like I've, I've gotten to play with Derek a, a lot and, uh, that was like on NPR. And... Yeah, and, and 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 making and like the, the what I was getting around to is, and he keeps making better music too. Yeah, like it, like he he keeps finding new stuff to dig into that that's honest and real. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know it. It's uh, I don't. It's it's been really cool. It's 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 cool uh, getting to see people that you you love and and right. can call peripherally friends like right. doing cool oh, stuff for sure. you know yeah i mean right. I, I i i definitely sat in my uh outback uh with derek outside of the new generic talking about fugazi for oh, yeah. for an hour once and that was that was a fun yeah whenever time. whenever you do an episode about fugazi on this show just let me know okay <laughs> just call me up yeah i will, I will be there with bells on um yeah to go to get back um you said something and you took it in a sort of different direction uh but something about like the level of accessibility that should have in there um i've come to the uh belief recently that music is or probably all all art um but music in particular in this context is best if the people making it either know exactly what they're doing or they have no idea. Mm. And so like uh so we can, you know, point to the Ramones all we want, but like it's a simple thing, <laughs> it's a simple thing that they were doing, but also like they knew it. Like it's not like Johnny Ramone couldn't play guitar. He just knew these are like the basic blocks of it, like let's make it as simple as possible and they knew what they were doing the other hand you have joy division who thought the unknown pleasures was a punk record <laughs> and played it like they were making a punk record but they didn't know how to do that Mm-mm. yeah and so they instead created something else that is also incredible mm-hmm. but it sounded nothing like what they thought they were making um i actually just finished the 33 and a third book on that record and so oh. it's fresh in my mind um but like they just still like famously like members of the band hated that record because they're like, this is what it was supposed to sound like. It was like, well, it, I've heard some of those live sets. Like it's what it should have sounded like. <laughs> like <laughs> what you thought you were doing was not actually that good. It was really rough. Um, well, and I, and I, that's it. That I think you've, you've stumbled onto something that I'm, that, the, that's part of the reason that I, I'm having these conversations with people too, is, I'm also very intrigued about like I don't view there's no way that I can view Loon the way that you view right. Loon because I'm in the thing and you're observing the thing. And and every once in a while in my wildest dreams I'm part of the thing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but you get you get what I'm yeah. I'm saying is Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I and it it was hammered home a, a while ago 
because I read an article from Laura Jane Grace uh, where where mm-hmm. she ranked against me records, and like one of her least favorite was uh, searching for a former at the time. Yeah, which it, every musician that changes. Right. But like at the time, she like almost down at the very last was searching for a formal clarity, and I was like. That's the greatest record I think right. you guys have ever. I love that record so much, and and I and it it started me on this um, this path of like really digging into that like. There is just no way for for you to understand what you're doing right. at the time, and so like yeah. it, it, and it, at least for me personally, um, I've I've had such a long history of unhealthy thoughts about myself mm-hmm. and and. Uh, on lots of levels that like part of me was like, well, I feel awkward about this and this feels weird to ask people about how they like my band when I'm in the room with them. (laughs) But like also if I, if, if it's, if it's something that people talk about when I'm dead, well, I don't get to hear that. Right. 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 Like, you know, maybe, maybe swallow some awkwardness and be like, Hey guys. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Like am I, Am I doing anything okay over here? Like, how do we? For can sure. we take a poll real quick? Like, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> what would you recommend? Like, what? How do we feel? And it's right. it's it's um. I I don't I don't know I I I on the last episode um I, I kind of briefly touched on it and it's just something that I I'm think I'm just gonna keep kind of coming back to and and bringing up again and again and again is is this idea of like trauma is such a um it's a thing that we all have right. whether it be in small ways or large mm-hmm. ways and and i know that i specifically have had a lot more trauma and traumas than some people but like as a american society we do such a terrible job of making it yeah okay to talk about out right. loud I have been hurt. I am hurt. I am scared about this and this and this, and mm-hmm. I am nervous about this and this and this. And, you know, I, um, uh, and, and we, we, we've talked about with other people and, and we haven't really talked about like the content of loon here, but like, right. that is so obviously what, like, I am like the mo the, the mission statement of loon is digging into that idea of like, what is it to be hurt? And I, and I know yeah. that that's that in different ways and from different angles, so much of your music has also right dug at and dug into those same topics and ideas. Yeah. Well, pillars was like a whole, uh, like reflection on like a traumatic experience in my personal community. So like, yeah. that was like a weird, like, Oh, I guess this is just what this album is about, which was an accident. I will say <laughs> like that was not on purpose. It was just, um, which I think is the big difference between, uh, not, not to say that you're not going through anything. Oh, no, no, no. Not in, like recently, but like most, I feel like most of Loon's stuff is pretty foundational based. Mm-hmm. Whereas that was just a kind of gut check reaction to what was happening in those moments. And just responding in kind at that point. But, I, and I feel like that's um, maybe like the role that art has all the time is just to reflect back on uh, the, whatever's happening at the time, which whether it be trauma, whether it be um, 
anger or joy or whatever else but it's when it's and when it's it's you know it's probably when it's joy it's probably still finding the joy yeah. in the midst of that trauma or, and trying to like i think that there is a little bit it's of more escape. it's more of um i i think that what it really is is that art only only feels the feels it's purest i don't i don't want to be so much of a snob that i don't think that like bubblegum art doesn't have its place and and it's as, as escapism and we yeah, can say yeah and and there's value in escapism there like, who wouldn't want to escape but uh but i think that there is something very special and 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 kind of at its pinnacle it art is the best when it is just honest whether yeah. that is honestly happy or yeah. honestly sad or honestly hurt or honestly angry right we were talking briefly before we started about the new every time i die record that i've just been kind of like in 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 a the least old Nathaniel way, just kind of very gently being like, "Hey guys, this is pretty good. I think you might want to listen to it." Um, <laughs> and and the reason that I think it's so special is is uh, Buckley, the lead singer, is so obviously honestly angry yeah. at this moment in time in history, and and so it's it feels powerful because it's it's an honest expression, and yeah. I was um. I was talking to Sarah uh, on Twitter. We were we were we were talking back and forth about that record because she was like, "It's really good." I'm like, "It is really good," and I was like, it, "It's really good because they're righteously angry." And right. I think hardcore specifically is at its best. Yes, when it has some righteous anger or a lot of righteous anger. Yeah, which is why at, I, di- at different times yeah. I've kind of like walked away from the scene because I'm like, "You guys are just I don't know, man. Like you're just regurgitating like the." Yeah, there was a lot of like the the problematic anger Mm -hmm. in a lot of like what I feel like once heavy music, specifically like in like hardcore metalcore, whatever, like in early 2000s, once like the scene happened, like it was all like, oh, man, like you're a bad person because you think I'm a creep. It's like, but you're a creep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like Let, that's not really let's put that's it, not let's, really indignant. And I feel like hip hop's a lot of the same way where it's like the the hip hop that is like pointing a finger to the world and like what is happening and you know basically like protest songs mm-hmm. about that like thinking like Kendrick Lamar and Tupac and uh stuff like this like that's so much better than like what I thought hip hop was as like a youth where it's like just seeing like all these like Ja Rule songs about crystal and stuff and it's yeah, like there's, it's, there's nothing here <laughs> like, i that, that's another thing i that, can't relate to this i don't drink champagne that, fan, that expensive when whenever it comes up i i feel duty bound as as a as a you know i'm 41 i was i was a part of that i mean you were yeah. you were still young but i was a part of that 2000s metal scene yeah and i always am like we were toxic people yeah we treated women like shit oh absolutely we were we were dangerous terrible yeah bad humans and and you have to own that to get better right. than that you know yeah like when when um everything against jesse lacy came out which sort of i feel like probably snowballed the me too movements entry into like the music scene um but like i was thinking about like what what were people like when these songs were coming out and it's like these we were all awful mm-hmm like the whole like and especially the and I think it's something that we have to rem- remember now that like 
so many of the taboos against that stuff are pretty recent. Mm -hmm. Like, um, oh man, I forget what it was I was watching the other day, but there was some joke about, oh yeah, you know, like, oh no, it was a, it was a pitchfork review of on a wire by get up kids, which they hated. And they made a joke at the end. And that was like, well, you know, they'll probably just sleep with some underage girls on tour. And it was just like, just said as if like, oh yeah, that's just like the sort of creepy thing that whatever, like it's not cool, but like nobody's getting canceled over it, you know? It's right. Like, and it, canceling wasn't even a thing. It was like, oh, those guys are... It, and But but like the whole... I One of the things that is so weird to think now that like the hard ban on like under 18 culturally is very important is very new mm -hmm. it's very recent like maybe like 2016 recent like it's maybe 2015 if we're being like if we're going to be generous but like it wasn't a big deal no which i'm i'm saying now to point out how terrifying it is yeah the it, like it was just the way the world worked until a few years ago when I, every, we all collectively decided that was awful. I remember I remember going even farther back in high school. Um, I can remember around 19, must have been 98 or 99, that there was infamously a countdown clock. Oh, yeah. For the Olsen twins oh, yeah. becoming 18. Oh, man. Oh, there were a number of them. And it was like, looking back on that, I'm like, what the Fuck. Yeah. I mean, no, when, when you they think were, about they were the most famous, but they were not. No. Like there were at, there look, were people online talking about Britney Spears when yeah. she was 15. Yeah. I mean, you, like when the Hit Me Baby One More Time video came out. When I think about um and and I'm and I always and I'm coming at it from an even more messed up place of having had uh sexual abuse. Right. It, you know, like so I'm already a messed up brain. Right. Like things are already miswired and bad right. and wrong. And then I look at the media landscape that yes. I was taking in. Like I, I was all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. No. And it was, it's really remarkable how much ground has been covered culturally in the last few years, like three to five years, really. Mm -hmm. is what it's been um well, and part of it is and and i um i i only i i just feel like this always needs to be said part of this is, is that the 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 newest generation yeah these kids are yeah. beautifully not fucking around right like they are they are, i have a, a good friend of mine whose oldest daughter he he told me this story a while ago and it's just stuck with me in the best way so his daughter is she must be 17 now 16 mm -hmm. or 17 16 um and he uh, uh, flippantly made a just a tongue-in-cheek statement about uh, like, oh man, you, I might as well be a, the way you're treating me. I might as well be a prostitute, you know, as one did when it, right. you know he's my age. So in, you know, f like in the '90s, like we said shit like that all the time. Right. His daughter straight face said, "Dad, sex work is real work, and that's not funny." And he like, he like, he's, like, right. he's like, I, you know, he's like, I stopped and looked at her and was like, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, he's like, they keep me honest. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. these, they're, they are more openly queer. They're more openly inquisitive. They're, right. they're more, not even inquisitive. They more, 
they just there is a real vibe of that of that Gen Z of they just I was and and I am not anywhere close to the first person or best person to have thought about this but or said it but like when you even you like we we grew up in an America that was still had this idea of like world dominance and economic dominance right yeah. and like in in all that pre 911 stuff right but oh, you yeah. think about the zoomers they they were born into a completely different america yeah. and the america that they've known their whole life has obviously sharpened them right. into a much different generation and i think i think one of the things that really does it and we really are going off the rails here, but no, I think I, one love, of the th- I think this stuff right. is the important. I think, I, I, I think, think one great. of the things that's really, uh, really gotten there is like, I think that we misunderstood what kids growing up with access to all the information would do. I think w- there was all this stuff, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, they're just going to be like narcissists and like they're not going to look at anything. It's like, well, also it gives them a really good picture of like what injustice looks like and what ethics should look like. And and then like create this value system of uh, equity because, you know, the, the one thing on the Internet that's really wild is that it is democratic where, mm-hmm. you know, you have you know anybody can go on twitter and well not anybody sorry sorry mr trump uh (laughs) not anybody could go on twitter but like just you know provided you haven't uh staged a coup anybody can just go online and like drop something like which is the argument that i have about you know there not being any good music anymore it was like well you know even 20 years ago Nah, 20 years ago, that was 2001, so it was probably before that. But like 30 years ago, like the only the only bands anybody was hearing were the ones that had record labels dumping hundreds of thousands of dollars into each release. And now, like we're like, oh, it's so, it's so terrible. Well, it's just because there's more of it. But now, like anybody can just record something on their phone, upload it to Bandcamp, and then distribute it across the world. It's which is insane. It's more democratic. Every yeah. every the creative side of the world has become uh, harder to make a capitalist buck at. But like for me, who's not a big fan of capitalism, anyways, is like. But it's also made it easier for everyone to yeah. have a seat at the table. Oh, for sure. Which I would rather. I would rather have more people creating more stuff and and getting to hear all of the right. different flavors and and ideas yeah. then nirvana just gets to be nirvana right like i love nirvana and i i pick on them specifically because i love everything about them but like what you know once they happened then everything had to sound like them yeah by the time you get to which like, i will say also is how we got a lot of really great art because like RCA was like, ooh, Nirvana was really good. What about Melvins? They're from Aberdeen mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and then like dumped a bunch of money into oh. Houdini was released on a major label. Right, All right. <laughs> Melvins they- released three albums on a major label. Yeah, and, because and- everybody was trying to get the next Nirvana. But, but and that's everybody the, was trying to. And do that's that. but that's uh, that you're. It's, it's kind of exactly my point. In the yeah. early days, Nirvana breaks, and then you have an interesting thing where you have 
all of these bands getting bigger label deals. Yeah. But then you also have you can't you can't pretend that the back half of the '90s didn't happen, right? And by the time you get into the back half of the '90s, now all of radio rock and roll right. sounds like bad copies of a bad copy of a bad copy right. of Nevermind. Well, everybody was trying to rip off Nirvana, but they just sounded like Pearl Jam. <laughs> right, right. Like think think about it. So like yeah. you look at all like the like the Nirvana clones, like the post grunge movement. You know, which is the term that has now been given to bands like Puddle of Mud and Nickelback and Creed and that is like none of those bands sounded like Nirvana, even though the lead singer of Puddle of Mud did the Nirvana tribute thing. Yeah. yeah. Like Puddle of Mud didn't sound like Nirvana. They sounded like Pearl Jam. They're and and I've I haven't really thought about it much, but just here in this moment, I think it's probably because. At, because they could the figure found, out what the, Pearl Jam was doing. Well, and that's where I was going to go is, is is at the end of the day, Pearl Jam is a it, and we've talked a little bit about this. It, it, I hate Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, I I don't hate Pearl Jam, but they're not my favorite. And no. and they're they're a blues-based rock and roll band. Right. Like like they are just they're just the grittier, more more interesting version of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I mean that's that's a little uh, it's, it's a that's grittier a, than Guns N' Roses, man. Uh, I would think more milk toast. Uh, anyway, that's yeah. a debate for another time. Yeah. Uh, no, but but, but my point is it's it's blues based rock and roll, right? Yeah. Wh- whereas the the real the real secret sauce of Nirvana was they were a punk band, right? Is, well, is, they were a punk. They were they were a punk band trying to write pop songs. Yeah. Or a, so, pop, or a pop band that was also a punk band. Any, no, it was, any version of that. Yeah, it was. It's it, it's back to my thing where people, it's the people who don't know what they're doing. It's Kurt was trying to write all these Beatles songs. Yeah, but he couldn't sing them. Right. And so he just played loud to cover up the fact that he couldn't sing. That's it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 it, it's what he did. and it's and it's incredibly. But at the in the same breath, it's also very honest and earnest. Like right. it's it's yeah, you don't. You in, and and I have lots of opinions about where a lot of those bands that I loved when I was a kid went to, but like the other big '90s band for me was Smashing Pumpkins. Oh yeah, and the first four Pumpkins records perfection fe- feel the same way. Of like you can say a lot of things about Billy, you can say a lot yeah. of things about that sound. What you can't say is they don't that those albums don't sound honest. Like right. they are they're coming from an earnest, honest place right you know all of because we didn't we didn't get to see what would happen to nirvana after they either broke up or just kept going on right they were around for such a short time that just literally everything they put out was honest and earnest you know right down to well and yeah the the, joy division was the same thing they did two albums before and ian curtis wasn't even alive for the second one he had recorded it and killed himself a couple weeks later yeah you know but it's there's just that brief thing um but yeah i uh i was going somewhere with the i was going to take the pumpkins somewhere else oh because the other thing with pumpkins and this came up in my other podcast that i'm on um that i started uh we were talking about deftones last week and like i just feel like there's something special about like the loud bands that are just really in love with like soft music so like because pumpkins and deftones both are like you know they're they're loud bands they're heavy bands but like billy corgan and chino marino both just grew up listening to like the cure and the smiths right and so it's like we we famously uh 
what was it, a year ago, a couple of years ago, we had a text exchange back and forth where I was like, <laughs> I, where we were trying to decipher where Smashing Pumpkins were coming because I've, I've always referred to them as a metal band. That like one of the cons is that all of gr- quote unquote grunge and alt music was all shoved together. Yeah, but really, it's way more layered. And I was like, the Pumpkins are a perfect example of they're not a, a grunge band; they're a metal band. And and you were like, I don't know, man. They seem it like, was on another podcast, and I and I. <laughs> Yeah, and you text. That's right. I texted I was months shit, later. Yeah, shit. Musicians like, I was, say. I was listening. I was, <laughs> I was listening to the Pumpkins, and I remember that stupid thing you said about them being a metal band. And and um, and you were like, I don't know. I've always thought that they were more like like a goth, like yeah, like the Cure. And I was like, I see. And we we texted back and forth. But what's what's really funny, everyone, is that like Billy Corgan was doing an interview like a month later. And he literally said, it was, on, "Was it the pedals? Yeah, video? it was the, the pedals was, movie. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the pedals. That movie. That's right." And he literally the pedals documentary. He literally Reverb. said, basically, almost verbatim, "Yeah, we were a metal band that just loved the Cure." Like yeah. I was like, "Like we yeah, wanted, we, he agrees with both of us. Yeah. Billy, Billy agrees with <laughs> we both wanted, of us. It was like we wanted to do Black Sabbath, but like we also just really loved the Cure and yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, that's. But I feel like that's like the really special thing because, like, also, you know, looking at Loon, you know, like you're writing these country songs, but you're writing them from like this place of punk rock. And cause like, it's not like you're listening to Garth Brooks on I the daily, listen. but not like on the daily, but I, right, right. not anymore, but I'm going to be real <laughs> with you, dear listener. I'm, I'm 41. So that means when Garth Brooks greatest hits came out, I was, what about Chris? 14? Do you mean do you mean Garth Brooks' greatest hits or Chris Gaines' greatest hits? In this household, we do not <laughs> speak that other name. <laughs> uh, although I I distinctly remember when that happened. No, I I was probably I was so confused as somebody who wasn't. I was like a kid at the point, and I was like, "Who's Chris Gaines? I yeah. don't understand." He no one understood. <laughs> no no one still understands. That's weird. Garth doesn't understand. Garth, what uh, you doing? Uh, I definitely. I mean, respect to the guy for like retiring while he raised his kids, though. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, he's back in the public eye now, but, like, dude just retired to raise his kids. Also, like, he who does he, that? he cut his discography down on vinyl to, like, almost nothing. I bought his first three records for, like, 22 bucks altogether. Oh, so so that he's was got great. discs for low prices? Yeah, he does. He's, oh, well, don't think that I haven't thought about doing a loon cover of Friends in Low Places because <laughs> I have. That's one of my favorite. Have you, I'm sure you have that, like, uh, mocked mock tough guy hardcore shirt of of garth brooks awesome. where where it's him riding on the crowd crowd on the back of it awesome it's just so good awesome uh no it's um but yeah like so like the songs like from a structural standpoint like they're folk songs they're country songs yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you can tell you're not listening like that's not all you listen to no it, so. it is in i your point is is it's tr- completely true it's i'm i'm a punk rock kid that learned to play folk guitar right but still like i i want you know i wanted to i wanted to be nirvana like and and i and i think you can at times i mean i hear it sometimes when especially on the last record you know the opening track but it is like like it's it's like a you could to me i'm like oh yeah this is like this is like my like folked up version of a Nirvana song. Right. Like it is, it is just obviously a person who grew up in around grunge music, but yeah. then like 
I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, other than, you know, I just the infusing you, you, of everything. That and, you took and you in. know what? The other thing, too, is that how I actually learned to play guitar was all praise music. It was, right. all, oh, it was all praise and worship and music. And I'll say a thousand times that that's the best place to learn to play. It, it's, and it, it's, it's and it's it, really like where I think the like vaguely Christian bent of that I it, I might have a confirmation bias on here just from where I'm coming from, but I feel like the music scene like larger, especially in DIY, like there's like a vaguely Christian bent to it. And I think a lot of that is because almost everybody learned to play guitar at their praise band. And that was their first, cause really like there isn't another venue that a 14 year old has to play with other musicians it, it, once a week. It, it definitely it, depending on what what the caveat I will put in is I think there's probably a regional bias, bias to that. Pro, yeah. Probably regional bias. As but well. definitely where we're from yes. here in here in Northern Indiana. Yeah. If you're white specifically, you, you probably have very conservative parents. And if you're my age, you're talking about people that grew up like I, I tell people all the time, like I wasn't allowed to play with He-Man. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to play with, Man, teenage, no, mutant, no, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Doctor Dobson, like anything, oh, like yeah. Doctor Dobson used to have a, a list of, and focus on the family of toys Man, that I were satanic. A, I found a book that James Dobson book that somehow was at our house. Oh yeah, I think yeah. somebody gifted it to us Ooh, when I we got married. Mm. And it was just like tossed up on a shelf because we needed to fill space. It was called "What Women Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women." Oh my word, that's got to be. That's got to be both frightening and hilarious. Oh no, it was mostly just terrible. <laughs> uh, I got an I got an excerpt that I'll show you later. <laughs> it's um, it in and all that to say is I grew up in a household that was like I grew up in the satanic panic. I yeah. I remember in the eighties when all that was, so like I wasn't allowed to openly. I, you know, I famously bought Melancholy and the In- Infinite Sadness three times because yeah. I would like have a, a revival. Yeah. Out. And I would break all of my secular CDs and I would see mine. Oh, my famous one there was. Well, there were there were two. There are two bouts. There is the, the time that I downloaded Freak on a Leash. Uh, Nookie and Bawa Taba uh, went to church camp, came home and deleted them. Uh-huh. And then there was also the time that as like a, a senior in high school, I just was suddenly overcome with the feeling that I just needed to purge all of this non-Christian music from my collection and just like threw everything away. Um, which was a period that lasted like six months or so. It was got some really great revelations on afterwards about, you know how there probably isn't a line between sacred and secular. <laughs> it, it's but um, I tell people all the time, and 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 your name, your name, and Patrick. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of people that I, I Patrick if, left by the way, dear listener. If, if um, <laughs> that's why he hasn't chimed in for a while. Uh, if um, if 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 we get going enough, and it's in it, and it's somebody who knows. I'm like, I know, I know people who I love, yeah, dearly, who are Christian, and and I and I don't. Even if you consider yourself an evangelical, which I don't, we've never had that specific conversation. Yeah, I I at least say they're not evangelical the way I was raised to be evangelical. Right, right, like, right. Like, no, not like, the way I was raised to be evangelical either. Like it, which which is a very toxic. Yep. 
in and I would argue culty, yeah, conservative, yeah, conservative culty. I've spent a lot. I've spent a lot of the last year in some change, uh, feeling like, like dealing with the realization that, like, I feel like I've been, I'm leaving a cult in some ways, and it's specifically in. Uh, and not even anything that I was maybe overtly taught. No. But just things that I picked up that were like big cultural understandings that like most of my friends felt this way. A lot of my friends who have left the church have left for reasons like this. And then like realizing like, oh, that's actually. I I feel like I, le- I feel like I've left a cult. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely relate at that point. Um, but. Yeah, I so I oddly I was not like in this we my parent my mom in particular my dad was a bit older than my mom and real, was real also quick, wasn't just to, very just to put a button on on this because we're we rabbit trail all the time yeah just to button that up all that was to, to say that yeah for me specifically for sure the only reason I got to learn how to play guitar yeah. is because I was allowed to play in church yeah and learning four chord praise songs is is the whole. Thing, the whole thing. The whole thing that taught me how to play the whole thing. Music. Yeah. Um, so then, go ahead. Yeah. You were, you were, you well, were... I was gonna. So my my parents like missed the satanic panic a bit. Um, like so, I grew up. I was born eighty six, tail end eighty six, and so like and I, was, I was born in eighty. So right. So I was like solidly a nineties kid, but like still had like elements of that. So like I there wasn't any like freak out about Harry Potter or like Ninja Turtles or anything like that. But like I did like I've gotten into black Sabbath for the first time in my life. Like recently, <laughs> like the cure as well. Like I've like took it, took it to task to my mom. Cause I'm like, mom, you were an eighties kid. Like how am I discovering the cure by myself? Like a freaking Neanderthal. I, uh, I had like, a, a, I'm like a Neanderthal rubbing sticks together by myself, discovering I, the cure. I had a, the exact same conversation that you had with your mom. <laughs> With my mom when she was alive, uh, only it was about Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Oh man! And because she was, she you know, and that's yeah. just to say our our that's a kind of our our age gap right there. Well, for you yeah. Was the, and so because my my mom went to school at Purdue for a year or two, and I will never forget this, and and it still hurts my soul to this day. She was like, "Oh yeah, they played at our freshman like orientation." Oh my gosh! And I, and I was like, "You they saw what? you saw Floyd." In in set in the seventies, oh no, it gets worse. She goes, no, I didn't like that stuff. I I stayed in the dorm. I was like, <laughs> you could have seen Floyd oh in the seventies oh <laughs> for free at your college. Man. No, so it was, it's the weird thing there is like so, like there wasn't that thing with Pink Floyd for me because like I I got the wall for Christmas one year like in like because, when i was 15 because it was something. probably because cla- it, it was old enough yeah, yeah it was yeah, old yeah. enough and so so for me it was the beat i was allowed to listen to the beatles yeah. because that was just yeah. older enough that yeah it was considered not dangerous yeah and so like little did they know and it wasn't the even, white album existed there you go. <laughs> it wasn't even like that she like told me like oh you got to stay away from the cure it's just never brought it up right like exactly. never yeah. never mentioned and so like now like in the last four or five years of my life been like Oh, I think the Cure is a, is actually one of the most important bands in the world. They um r- real quick, oh, and not I didn't discover them the same way, but I I had the same thing of I didn't discover the Cure until I was working at Hot Topic. Yeah, 
And same thing. Whereas like all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, fuck. Like this is. <laughs> I'll, oh, I will, I will tell you, I will tell you why. And this is a story that I tell. It's a very vivid story. I'll, the, when the cure entered my consciousness and why I did not follow them down the trail. Uh, Adam Sandler's movie, The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. There's a song where he yep. prefaces it with, with I have sorry, to warn I, you, I, I was listening to The Cure a lot. Uh, and yeah. he plays this song that, like, as like a eighth grader, I think, I loved it. It was, I loved that. It was goofy and silly and whatever. But, but it's like, catchy. But he, it was catchy. Sand, and Sandler like, can write a catchy song. And, and it was like this, like, very, like, kind of gentle verses and then, like, super loud, screamy chorus which i was like oh man if that's what the cure is like then i gotta love the cure and so i like hopped on limewire or whatever it was at that point that wasn't giving your computer cancer there was always a safe one <laughs> yeah so yeah now if you don't remember the early 2000s people will use like limewire and kaza and bear share and napster all like as if they were happening at the same time no we definitely like took trails mm. like one was good for a while and then like it just got taken over by hackers and yeah. then went to the next one so whichever there it was, was a, there was a very specific point i remember in limewire yeah where where it was the it was the content version of russian roulette yes to download anything anything you, you nine, did not know what was going to be on the nine times of out of 10. It was a clip of Bill Clinton saying or a Bill Clinton impersonator saying I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> or it was the high Sesame Street. Now, on, on the reverse side, I definitely got um, Greg the Bunny's first uh, stuff, before, <laughs> uh, which was just his solo stuff called. Um, uh, um, Johnny Hobo and the freight trains okay. through LimeWire and go. then like pedals on my pirate ship, like yeah. some, some real deep cut <laughs> folk. Punk. That's actually, that's actually how I discovered at the drive-in. I downloaded a dashboard confessional song called dancing on the corpse's ashes. And I'm like, I've never heard this song. <laughs> and it was invalid. Li- <laughs> it was invalid litter department by at the drive-in. And that's oh, how God. that's how I discovered at the drive-in. Oh, um, there was a there was a kindred spirit there yeah. with me that was just like fucking motherfucking right. dashboard fans. <laughs> right, I'm put this at the drive-in. Song right, on exactly, there. and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but uh, but no, so I I went online and I downloaded. I think it was, um, why can't I be you, which is like one of the popular Cure tracks, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is the Cure. Never mind. <laughs> And I was just like, fine, whatever. And then like being culturally aware of them, whatever, for so long, I got into them. I like, you know, finally the last few years, but like, um, but yeah, it was just this weird like thing of like how like, oh, you shouldn't be anything to do with this. So like, definitely like I did not listen to nine inch nails until the past calendar year. That was that was one of those 90s bands that i loved loved yeah i i loved them and always made me feel it it's one of those looking back on it i was like well there you there you go nathaniel that's when you should have known <laughs> like um because you know the 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 religious context i was brought up in yeah, like like Trent Reznor does not exist in that dojo. Like like no. 
Like he, everything he creates is not a lot. And I knew that. And it wasn't even like I, I would like, I could make mental arguments for a lot of other bands on like yeah. how this is, you don't, this could be okay. This is fine. Like nine inch nails from jump was like, Oh no. If, if they're well, like, like this is, I actually, I will challenge this because when I listened to downward spiral, I was like, this is really just Ecclesiastes. <laughs> this is just like the everything is meaningless. Let's do what we want and then it will destroy us. Yeah, I mean, sort of thing. I'm like, I this mean, is. I, I, I will take your point in the sense that hedonism as an idea walks in the same world as religious, like, sure. Like, 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 uh, nihilism and hedonism and and sanctity right well it's also it's also because like intertwined with the whole the whole argument that everybody had against the nine inch nails was like oh he's just glorifying all these things like you listen to downward spiral where's the glorification (laughs) like ain't nothing being glorified in here closer closer is yeah that's well but that's the one the only time he has any satisfaction is when he gives himself to another person. Like it's the only, it's the break in the isolation. But but once again, and I don't, and I get your point, but like my specific, uh, sect of Christianity. Oh, for sure. Even if you had a, a, a partner that was sanctified in, in (laughs) the church's blessing, you were, you were not supposed to fuck her like an animal. No, you you were you were not supposed to feel her from the inside, like like eat, like like it's the Mormon sheet. Yeah, yes, it's <laughs> just put a hole in the sheet. There's a there's a there's there's just a whole lot of like I mean that yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. idea that like uh, sex and sexuality and gratification, like man, like that like yeah. I can't, I personally came from such a repressed oh yeah world oh yeah that like none of that stuff was was yeah. at all Pur- okay. Purity culture was a mess. Oh, it, I, it's a mess. I definitely knew females are femme people that I went to school yeah. with that had promise rings that their parents, usually their father, <clears throat> had like the other half of and stuff. <clears throat> and and so like things that, that I'm sure people way younger than me hear yeah. about like purity dances or like different things where they're like oh that seems weird i'm like all i can tell you is i live i lived it like i i was in that generation of of people and it is it is it it is a uncomfortable gross not good it it definitely it definitely still is um i don't even think flirting embracing that idea of like women are right property like like the it's it's a, it feels like a holdover of like offering the son of a neighbor chief mm-hmm. your virginal daughter. Yeah. And, and, and for, I, to, for the building of an alliance and, and, yeah, and your own political power, or, your own social yeah, power. Or, or at the very least that there is some sort of social wealth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Being exchanged. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I now come from, a, I, you know, I personally, I've had a a very specific sexual journey and and understanding as I've as I've unpacked things but like even if you're religious whatever that religion is and there's a lot of different religions and a lot of different ways that people slice yeah. the metaphysical pie right uh there are healthy and unhealthy ways to approach 
yes. interpersonal relationships. Yes. And I would argue that white Christianity and I, I always am very specific because it, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I could white American evangelical approached it at maybe the yes. most toxic yes. you could. And maybe, maybe the most toxic. It's been a, it's been a freeing thing for me recently, the last few years to, especially the last year uh, when you're, you know, cause we're inside and don't have anything else to do. Um, but like, there are a lot of good podcasts moving that my wife and I have been listening to. They like trace a lot of the histories of these ideas and like realizing the like a lot of like these parts yeah. like oh you mean this started in the fifties? Mm-hmm. You mean no one believed this before eighteen eighty? So then why are we so mad about it? This, the the big one <laughs> the big one that I think is very important and and we we probably should start yeah what's this podcast even about? Well, it, <laughs> honestly the. This is to me. This is what the podcast right, is right. is about. Is is these conversations? Um, uh, but but like specifically the the big one culturally that I think has done the most damage is abortion. And when you dig into abortion, oh. and you realize that that the the majority of Christianity, American Christianity, did not have an opinion no. one way or the other about abortion. It was until Ronald until Reagan needed something to unite them. Was specifically Falwell, and I always forget her name, and and, and that and she deserves to be called out because she was also evil. Um, they sat in a room and were like, we need to come up with a very specific wedge yeah. issue, and they came up with abortion. It, and was, the, it was, And they turned it into a, yeah. a thing. You it know, was like, abortion and, and homosexuality. Yeah, we're yeah. like, well, he's not really he's not really a Christian in any way, so it's hard to get him to vote. But if we can get Christians to care about abortion and this, he's against those. Yeah, Fall Falwell yeah. created the, the the moral majority. This idea of like he he weaponized evangelicalism yep and and set it on a whole new path yep you know I, and then i i think of um i i think of well and it's happened now again so like there was the the people who have like decided that critical race theory is like the hot button and, issue and it was engineered and, and there was a group of people that said oh you know what i bet we can make people yeah. really suspicious of the, this the the other one is trans Tra- yeah trans rights it, it, yeah is is um and and this one hits very close to which home like for what me. a manufactured outrage it, and 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 <laughs> i i i say this all the time and i and i just i'll keep saying it into every microphone that gets put in front of me you know if you're not if you're not here for black people if you're not here yeah. for brown people if you're not here for queer people if you're not here for trans people you can fuck right off you you like we are here in the well we are here in in what i think is the ultimate uh, inclusive space yeah. in South Bend, and you know, in this time of of fascists and and Nazis and uh, uh, QAnon and and dangerous evangelicals, in in this time in America that is so specific and so dangerous, where both of the worlds that we have come from and are still connected to are being perverted even more yeah. to even more dangerous stuff. Um, and what we'll, we can end on 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 this of, uh, you know, it, it is it is those of us that are older and those of us that are especially white and those of us that are, are you know, came from that that need to say the loudest. Yeah. Fuck off. Like like if you're going to go after them, you have to go through me first. Right. And and um, 
and that is is what Loon is about, and that is what the music scene is about here in South Bend, or what we want it to well, be, and what the we right push people it to, in the music scene. W- w- yeah, <laughs> want it to be, and want to push it to be. Yeah, and um, and and you're very much an important part of that. I'm, and I'm and, trying. And trying and too. and thank you very much for coming. And I've I yeah. you you may have thought this this went into a weird place, but this is great. I I think this has been a great oh, conversation. Yeah. No, it's to, it's been fun, but. It's, Apologies to anybody who came for a intense dissection of loon songs. Uh, 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 you know, <laughs> say your podcast. <laughs> this is this is a go listen to Song Exploder, you nerds. Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, we can do that sometime too. But I, I think this is actually more important yeah, stuff that yeah, we talked yeah. about. And uh, so, thank you all for listening. This has yeah. been a long one. The last couple have been shorter ones. Um, and uh well, two nathaniels uh, like to talk yeah it's it's been very good um this is uh we this is nathaniel this we nathaniel. i love you nathaniel loves I you love you too uh loon loves you uh this has been loon the pod yeah thanks for having me thank Bye. you all right well yeah that was a a really fun conversation and um i think an important one i think um anytime that that we can reinforce um what we want our world to be and what we want our music scene to be that like we we just need to keep saying it over and over um for ourselves and for people that are coming in and for for you know the just the environment and you know i'm not gonna talk very much longer because that was a really long one but i just want to kind of say this the thing that i say all the time at the end of these now um go listen to anti-fascist podcasts go learn about anti-fascist things i'm going to put i don't speak german uh in the in the show notes i'm gonna put uh uh it could happen here in the show notes i'm going to put spaceships Bandcamp in the show notes along with our band camp uh, we have t-shirts for sale. We have music for sale. We are in the process of writing a new record. No, I have no idea when it's going to come out, uh, anywhere between now and before I die. So, uh, I hope this finds you well or as well as you can be, um, be anti-fascist, be anti-racist, be pro-queer, pro-trans, pro-black and brown people. Don't be afraid to put your body in the way of the bullshit. All right, see you next week.